Welcome to Please Unmute Yourself, Columbia Business School's student-run podcast, where we dive into the very center of our program to get to know the individuals that make up this amazing community. We will interview fellow classmates, professors, administrators, industry experts, and CBS entrepreneurs to hear about their lives, careers, and perspectives. So, Columbia, please unmute yourself. Welcome back to another episode of Please Unmute Yourself. I am Gigi and I'm a second year CBS student and one of the producers of the podcast. In today's episode, Nicolene and I are going to be speaking with Camille Capon, founder of Nightingale. So Camille, please unmute yourself. Hi guys, I'm excited to be here. Thanks so much for being here. Maybe we can start off by just telling us a little bit more about yourself. Sure. I have kind of a different background for most people who come into their MBA. It's all in the food sector. So I actually did my undergrad in food science and worked on a farm after I graduated to understand that part of the food supply chain. Uh, And then went and became a food scientist at Mondelez International where I did innovation for a while and really loved the direct to consumer aspect of things. People are consuming what you are creating, which is a really fun thing. Um, but it wasn't quite right for me. I went to culinary school, uh, which was amazing. It was very fun. I did that on nights and weekends while I was a food scientist there. And then I worked at Dig In. So at Dig In, I had all sorts of opportunities in operations and strategy. And I realized that I liked the business side of things, which is kind of what brought me to CBS to get my MBA. You might think I would have started a company in the food sector. I am not. <laughs> uh, spoiler, Nightingale is not a food company. Um, but I, you know, my heart and soul is still in the food and beverage world, and I'm going full time to Anheuser Busch after I graduate. Great. So, what? How, how has your CBS experience been like so far? Amazing in a lot of ways. I'm a second year student, so my first year was during the pandemic, so during COVID, and that was obviously hard navigating the social life of pods and always getting COVID tests before going anywhere. Um, And I lived geographically far. I was on the east side, so it was hard to see people. Um, So first year was hard. Core was hard. But second year has more than made up for it. It's been amazing. I've been really impressed by the resources at CBS that I've had access to. And recruiting wise, um, I was also grateful. I had a really great experience recruiting. So I am really excited for second year and their last semester. I guess when you came to CBS, did you know you wanted to be an entrepreneur or did you kind of stumble into it? Yes and no. My dad as an entrepreneur, he just retired, but he ran his own company for 25 years. I've always loved it. I actually also started a company in undergrad. I co-founded uh, Worthy Jerky. It was like a healthy beef jerky alternative. And so that was really fun. So I knew that I liked elements of the entrepreneurship world. I've always loved innovation. Um, actually, I'm going into innovation at Anheuser-Busch as well. So I've always had an itch. I came into CBS not knowing if I was going to scratch that itch, I guess. I said in my essay, and it's actually kind of true, um, like what has ended up happening, but I said, I wanna gain the skill set to be able to become an entrepreneur. So whether that will be you know next month or 10 years from now at the point of writing that essay, I wasn't sure, but I wanted to meet the people. I wanted to gain the skills. I wanted to learn how to build a company, um, but I wasn't sure if I was gonna do it right away. In the end, I obviously decided, if not now, then when? I was like, I'm in school. I have more time than I'll ever have again. 
I have the resources or people um, easier to find a co-founder, for example. Um, and so I kind of decided, you know, I'm going to do it. That's very cool. That sounds <laughs> awesome. So, well, let, let's get to the point. So tell us more about the company you're starting. Tell us more about Nightingale. We'd love to know everything. Yes. My favorite topic. <laughs> Where was the idea born from? Yeah. So my mom has had breast cancer twice now um, in the last five years. So while I was home visiting her the last time she had breast cancer, which was over the last two years, I was in Atlanta and it was during the pandemic and it was hard, right? She was recovering from surgery and radiation, chemo, and then surgery again, radiation again, chemo again. It's a really hard process. And so I asked her, I was kind of like, what has been bright points in all this, right? Emotionally draining. What has brought you joy and support throughout two years of this battle? And she kind of said on her own that she had received these care packages from two separate friends that had both had breast cancer and they just knew what to give. They had been through it. They knew what the right gifts were. They knew what had brought them joy. And they had built separately these two care packages that my mom was just blown away by. And so in that moment, I kind of had this idea of how can we scale that? There are other people mm -hmm. who are having the same issue with their health and how can we bring them joy too? So that's where the idea came from. I was in Foundations of Entrepreneurship and uh, if anyone's taken that class, you know that the first couple sessions, they ask you to pitch your idea if you have an idea. And I wasn't sure I was going to, and there was kind of this like silence of the room and people were not pitching their idea yet. And I kind of threw up my hand and I was like, fuck it, I'm going to do it. And so I, I pitched my idea um, and I built a team that we worked on it the semester of that course. And that's actually where I met Austin Paley. He's also class of 22 um, and he's my co-founder and CTO, chief technology officer. Meeting him has been obviously a huge part of what's made Nightingale uh, successful and be able to launch so quickly. We met a year ago and we've already launched product, which is pretty uh, insanely fast timeline for a, a startup. Yeah, that's the power, I think, of having an amazing co-founder. Um, and he just really related to the mission at the same time. So he uh, was dealing with something similar. His dad was in a coma from COVID and has unfortunately since passed, but he was receiving all these flowers from people and had the same realization of what can we do that's better than flowers and uh, heard my, my pitch in this class and was moved by it. And so we are both very personally motivated by the mission, but that's all to say, that's how Nightingale started what it is now. Sorry, I know that was the original question, <laughs> um, but it's a customizable box service. So you can uh, select where the patient that you want to send a box to uh, or anyone who needs to kind of have a moment of reprieve, what they're going through, right? So they need comfort, do they need distraction? And we've designed these boxes for like certain moments in time. So for example, the distraction box has, you know, if you're in bed rest or if you're in and out of an infusion center and you really need things that'll keep you occupied, we have just designed the, the distraction box to do that. So you can customize elements and then you build this care package and we send it for you. That sounds awesome. And thanks for sharing. I mean, I think starting a company from such a personal experience for both of you, what has that felt like? I mean, you know, it's not a typical consumer product. Yeah. Where you want to sell it to people. You don't yeah. want to sell it to people. <laughs> yeah. I say that all the time. I'm like, it is so weird to be in a business where you want no customers. <laughs> our dream model, like our dream business model is that we never do a single sale, right? And that's a really weird, weird thing. But I think the beauty of it is that I here uh unfortunately i mean it's really sad obviously but people share so many stories with us about mm. their personal struggles whether it's through a friend themselves a family member and it's really beautiful in a lot of ways to also hear how 
they rallied together with their friends, with their family to um, build support in their own way. And so I think that has been something that's been really powerful. And, and I want to continue to build Nightingale in that way where it's a community. People are sharing best practices. I guess that's a weird way to put it, but maybe uh, advice or tips on how to deal with something like this when people are struggling. So there is some light or, or silver lining in, in it all. How do you source the items for the boxes? Yeah. What has that process been like? So it came out of conversations with real people who had experienced this problem, whether it be patients who had gone through cancer or long-term illness themselves or friends and family members of people who were patients. We asked them, what are the favorite gifts that you've ever given to someone who's gone through something like this? And then we asked the patients, what were your favorite gifts to receive? So we did a lot, a lot of uh, customer discovery and having these conversations to curate this long list of gift ideas and inspiration that we knew were actually fun to give, fun to receive, but also practical and useful. And so we kind of divided that list down and said, okay, what can we actually ship? What is it really heavy? What will fit in a box? What um, meets our needs of this, you know, design oriented fun, but also useful. That's how we kind of put every item through that lens. And then I started reaching out to suppliers. So we've developed some amazing relationships with female founded businesses. So a lot of our products are from other female founders, which is really important to me. And then they get shipped to my uh, apartment. And I keep all the inventory there. I'm sure my fiance Bailey will be really happy when we actually get a third party logistics partner to <laughs> hold our inventory for us. But for now, it's all out of my apartment. And um, that was important to me. I wanted to make sure I knew every part of the business really, really well before um, outsourcing any of it. And we handwrite cards in every single box. So I love being able to write those cards and see the messages that people send. One of the most amazing parts of running this business is like seeing the love that people want to share, you know, the bright spots of humanity. Yeah, you must really get a kind of an insight into people's personal pain in some ways, mm -hmm. um, but maybe also people's hope. Yes. I feel like in a way you're also giving back with your own business. Mm -hmm. So that must feel very comforting. Would love to know what has been, what have you really enjoyed about starting your own business? If you have enjoyed it. <laughs> I really have. Because I'm sure you're in like the first steps where it's still really hard. So would love to know what are those things that you can point out to us that are really enjoy, had been enjoyable so far. Yeah. For me, the number one thing that's been amazing is just the community, especially at CBS around entrepreneurship and also beyond CBS. When you reach out to anybody and you want to talk to them about how they founded their business or ask them to provide insights and how they can help you found your own business, there's the answer's always been yes. And it's been amazing. So even uh, in this past year, I've reached out on LinkedIn to founders of very successful businesses and just no, you know, cold, cold email, cold LinkedIn message. And they hop on the phone with me two days later. And I'm talking to these incredible like founders of Birchbox, founders of Happy Box Store, um, other players in the, you know, cancer, helping people with cancer um, and building businesses around that. And so meeting these people has been amazing. And at CBS, it's the same thing. Always getting to hear about other people's companies that they're founding, sharing stories, sharing uh, practical tips. It's been like, I've learned so much through it. Safely, I can say, learn more through building Nightingale than I have in all my classes at CBS combined. <laughs> you gave this pitch last spring in your Foundations of Entrepreneurship class. Where are we now? It's now December. Yep. So it's been some time. What's the update? It's exciting. We launched our second product this week, literally yesterday, and that's the comfort box. So we are saying that we're in alpha, which is just a tech way of saying you have a product on the market, an MVP, a minimum viable product. 
and you're really just trying to get your friends, family, and community to give you feedback, get out the kinks of the business. So we are technically launched, um, but it's still really um, our, our close community members that are our first customers and working through what that looks like. But we are live on nightingaleguide.com. <laughs> Go check us out and put your email um, on our homepage. If you scroll down, there's a way to put your email in. And we would love all listeners to, to do that and be a part of our community as we, as we uh, look to build this because we are um, still just looking to build something amazing and need the CBS community in order to do that. That's great. So would love to know more about like the entrepreneurship process. So what were the first steps you took? Were you involved in research? Like what was the process that you undertook coming into business school and deciding that you wanted to start your own business? The first thing, I mean, any like entrepreneurship 101 is just making sure you have a service that people actually want and actually need. Um, so talking to as many people as you can to say, how are you solving for this right now? Is it that you're sending flowers? Is it that you're doing nothing? Is this something that is actually needed? Or is this just an idea that I think is a good idea, but no one actually wants? Um, so we talked to, I mean, probably 25 people um, and asked these questions to make sure it was something that was needed. That's kind of step one for any concept. And then after that, I think for me, it was a reflection, right? So I actually had some great advice from someone and they said, here's a list of questions to ask yourself. And they're kind of common sense questions when you look back on it, but a lot of founders don't think about these early on. So things like, is this going to be really hard, right? Like, do you have the people in place, the networks in place that you can actually build this? Do you know the right people? Do you, do you know how to do this, right? Or is this going to be something that's going to be too hard to do? Um, how long will it take? So I knew that I really wanted something that I could move with very quickly and ideally launch before I graduated so that I could take a full-time job and sustain the business on the side. But it was at a point that was already kind of in a sustainable format. Um, so is this something that can be built quickly, right? A lot of companies you need years and years and insane amounts of cash in order to build them. And I wanted a model that didn't require that. And then is this something that gives you energy or is it something that drains you? Like uh, entrepreneurship is really hard, right? Everyone knows that, but can you find a company or an idea that's something that actually like makes you happy to do and doesn't just take take the life out of you and then will you like your consumer right at the end of the day i think that was a really interesting question someone asked me because the answer was aboundedly yes right like the person who's sending something to a friend or family member is someone i want to connect with and help and be there for and so once we kind of went through these questions both austin and i we realized like okay this is a business we can build we can build quickly and we want to be in and will be fulfilling so those were kind of the very, very first steps on a more of a high level. And then obviously, tactically, there was a lot of other work to be done, but we knew it was something we wanted to do. This yeah. is such a great list of questions. Yeah. How did you find the people to understand the market? Because again, it's such a sensitive personal journey for people yeah. to be battling cancer. How did you find those people? It was unfortunately not hard. Um, it's crazy when you ask somebody, do you know somebody who has had cancer, battled cancer? Oftentimes the answer is yes. And then it's having the you know ability to say, can I talk to them? Will you put me in touch with them? And again, people have just been incredible and they do. And then I reach out, I reach out to these strangers via email and I'm like, can I get on the phone with you for 20 minutes? And then we talk on the phone for 20 minutes and the people have just shared so much. Um, it's been unbelievable, um, but they want to help and they, they've been through it. And I think a lot of people want to find a silver lining out of it. I always, my, my kind of 
mantra and it's like so cliche but as can we make lemonade out of lemons it was something that I saw when I was when my mom was battling cancer and I like saw this Instagram post that said you know make lemonade out of lemon and for some reason at that point it like triggered me to be like okay I need to do something that's going to make me feel like what our family has been through was for something for some reason um and I think a lot of patients whether it be cancer or any type of long-term illness feel the same way they're like can I help someone else feel five percent one percent better in their own health journey so it really has not been on hard unfortunately but also because people's amazing willingness to share and help no that's that's great um i actually i'm one of those people so my mom had cancer twice as well i was very um young so i don't really remember but i also think the great thing about this business is that even people from very far away can send stuff so for example in my case i'm from ecuador but my mom was in California getting treatment. You know, you don't have your friends, your family next to you supporting you. So in this case, they can use this as a way of showing care, even though they're miles away in Ecuador. So yeah, that's another thing that I think is really, really cool about this business. No, it's a huge part of what we think about is that ultimately we'd love to be a community where we can help those who are geographically close, right? So there's they're sending a box, <clears throat> which is sometimes what you need to do, but in an ideal world, you're there for them. You can physically knock on their door and show support, right? But oftentimes that's not the case. I was in New York, my mom was in Atlanta for you, same thing. And so this is that, you know, this is just, it's, I probably shouldn't share this, but internally we always say like, we just need to be a little bit better than flowers, <laughs> right? Yeah. Because right now that's the solution that a lot of people go to. And truthfully, from almost all the patients we talk to, it's honestly a burden to receive these flowers, right? So keep them alive. And then when they do die, sometimes it's a reminder of their own mortality, which is kind of a dark thought, but we hear so much, we're like literally anything but flowers is what we hear from these patients. And so internally we're like, we just need to be, you know, marginally better than flowers for that person who wants to send something from far away because they can't be there in person. I like that as a tagline. It's, it's like our internal <laughs> tagline. <laughs> It could be your slogan. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> better than flowers. <laughs> exactly. Just a little better than flowers. And in terms of how you and Austin work together, you're the CEO. He is the CTO. What does that look like in terms of what tasks you take on? Yeah, it's a great question. We have very complementary skill sets, which is nice, meaning that our skill sets don't overlap at all. Um, he has a background in digital marketing and strategy. He comes from a background in podcasting and startups. He's worked at a couple of startups in the past and he has a, a software engineering background. So very technical and I have none of that experience. So I come from more of a operations background. Um, I do the branding. So on a, any given task, it's actually pretty clear on whose uh, wheelhouse it's going to fall into. We discuss weekly what our strategy will be. And then I say, okay, I'm going to take the building our Instagram page where Nightingale guide. So give us a follow, shoot us a DM uh, or our Facebook page. And then he's building the website. We both work on Shopify, which is our partner for actually fulfilling orders. And so, yeah, we, we divide and conquer, which is really beautiful because our skill sets are so different and allows us to kind of move move quickly. Awesome. So I'm really curious, like, what are some of the resources that CBS gave you that really help, have helped you along your journey for any future or incoming entrepreneurs to Columbia would love to um, be able to offer them like your experience? The biggest one for us, without a doubt, was our experience with the summer startup track. So it's a summer program that 
has periodic meetings and speakers that you are required to attend and then you have to submit a progress report that's basically the structure of the program and at the end of the summer you can then pitch for uh, prize money there's a couple five thousand dollar prizes and then a couple two ten thousand dollar prizes and so we were fortunate to win the first place the ten thousand dollar prize last summer which was our seed money it allowed us to launch that's what we bought all of our inventory with that's what we purchased our domain with that's what we opened our bank account with uh, incorporated, legal, everything was through uh, our winnings from the summer startup track. So on a very practical level, that was what allowed Nightingale to exist. And I will be forever grateful to CBS for that. Um, and then it also was just an incredible community. So that was all startup uh, founders within the CBS community and getting to know everyone through happy hours and um, a WhatsApp channel where you could freely ask questions and have a sounding board with other amazing founders. So for me, that's one resource that I would recommend to anybody who is considering launching a company. We both worked full-time while we did it, while we did the full-time summer startup track. So it's possible, it's hard, but it's possible um, and worth, very worthwhile. And then beyond that, the classwork um, has been great. Launch your startup. I actually just applied to Greenhouse, which is the um, accelerator of sorts internally at CBS. So hopefully we're taking that in our final semester, which will allow us to really get off the ground. Um, and then there's been other pitches and other competitions within uh, the Lang Center that have been great. And uh, Lang Office Hours is another resource I would recommend to people. There's legal resources, there's the founders, there's mentors that have been great. We actually, Becca Brown is one of our mentors we met through Summer Startup Track. She's the founder um, and CBS grad and has an incredibly booming business. So being able to meet these, again, incredible female founders, incredible CEOs that you wouldn't otherwise have access to. And that's all been through the Lang Center. Huge shout out for the length. Yeah, I know. Yeah. <laughs> Not sponsored. <laughs> <laughs> That's really cool. And I think, you know, there's so many resources at CBS that I don't think are advertised, or maybe it's just harder to find, or maybe I'm just not an entrepreneur. So I haven't even heard of half of these. So it's really, and we cool don't know to... they exist. Yeah. I feel the same way. Yeah. I kind of want to get involved for this last semester. <laughs> Do yeah. it. I cannot encourage it enough. It's, it's fun. But it's cool to hear how you've navigated that whole process and still you and Austin work full time. I think that's really impressive. And the fact that you have found a co-founder that seems to be so complimentary yeah. to your skill set, I think is uh, a good recipe for success, <laughs> um, but also must be really fun because you can actually tag team what you're working yeah. on. Austin, if you're listening, I'm grateful for you. <laughs> <laughs> Um, and, and like, we've talked about, you know, what you've enjoyed about being an entrepreneur. What are some challenges that you've run into? The biggest challenge is truly finding the time and balancing it all. I think anybody who's a CBS student knows that's the challenge for anything that is worthwhile pursuing. I'm on the boards of multiple clubs and taking classes and planning a wedding. And there's a lot going on always, but finding the time and actually just building space in your life to do it has been great. And again, I think having a co-founder is a big part of what allows for the balance. Holding each other accountable has been great. You have your weekly check-in and you never want to show up empty-handed. And so you, you force yourself to create the space to move the company forward. But that has been the hardest thing. It is hard to find the time, but it's rewarding. Um, I, you know, every time I feel drained or like it's, too hard to move on, something amazing happens. Even today we had an order go out and it was from a friend who needed to send a care package to someone she loves. And she sent me a text afterwards and just said, I'm so glad the service exists. This was exactly what I needed. You made it so easy. So I didn't have to stress about it. And 
getting those types of text messages are just like fuel and kind of bring you back to life and, and encourage you then to again, create that space and you remember what your mission's all about. So always worthwhile. It's a nice reminder. It is. <laughs> I must feel good to get that feedback because not all yeah. co-founders get immediate feedback like that, I would imagine. Right. No, it's something we're thinking a lot about right now is getting you know, positive feedback, of course, but also looking for um, our community and like from the CBS community for constant feedback. What could be better? What do you wish we had? How, how could we improve our service? Great. So I guess the company really touches a sensitive subject for many. And being that your target audience is people battling cancer, how have you navigated that from a marketing standpoint? Yeah, it's something we're still navigating, uh, especially because we are thinking a lot about cancer patients, but it's also long-term illness patients. So people are having very different experiences. Even someone who has the same type of breast cancer, for example, and going through the exact same treatment with the same medication could have a wildly different experience. One may lose their hair, one may not, right? So making sure everything is really customizable and feels like it is from the person sending it and that it's the appropriate gift for the person receiving it. So that's more from a product side, but from a marketing stance, what we just always think about with anything in terms of our messaging or how we present ourselves on our website or on our social media is that we should be like a trusted source. We are doing the interviews with patients and we are finding out what they want so that you don't have to, right? So taking that burden off of the gift giver. Um, and we want to be like, we're your friend. We're a trusted part of your community. You could come to our blog, which is launching this week, um, where we're talking to patients and giving real world examples of like this care package I received really helped me in this way. Or this is, you know, what I would say to a friend who is just diagnosed and here are the things not to say. So being there for more than just I'm sending you a box. We're also just a part of your community who has really dug deep into this world that's uncomfortable and hard to be in. So that, again, you don't have to, and we can be there and help you find the words to say or find the action that will make their, your friend or family feel supported. I mean, I think that's really cool that you also have a blog launching this week. <laughs> <laughs> How many launches do you have every week? <laughs> We're, you know, in finals week, don't have classes and trying to take advantage. So, <laughs> so we'll exciting. see. What are you looking forward to in your last semester at CBS and beyond CBS? I am really looking forward to the classes I'm taking next semester. A lot of them are actually entrepreneurial focused. I'm hoping will allow me to really take the company to a point where I can sustain it while also working a full-time job and not lose my mind. <laughs> so that's something I'm really looking forward to. And of course, the trips and spending time with the people we've met um, over the last two years and like really enjoying that while everyone is still in the city. And then on a personal note, I'm getting married in September. So I'm really looking Ooh. forward to that in my beyond CBS time because that will be very special. So exciting. Yeah. I can't believe you're doing all this plus planning a wedding. <laughs> you have like multiple full-time jobs. <laughs> I tend to agree. <laughs> what are your future plans for Nightingale? Yeah. So Austin and I have talked about this a lot. Our current plan is to work full-time jobs and continue to build Nightingale on the side as much as we possibly can. And then hopefully we are at a point where we see that there's a real growth opportunity and that Nightingale is bringing joy to a lot of people and is a business model that could be something really big. So that's the dream is pay back my student loans <laughs> for a couple of years and then uh, take on new debt to grow Nightingale. So that's kind of how I'm thinking about it. <laughs> One, you know, pop One debt, debt at a time. At a time. <laughs> yeah. I hope that we can just provide as much joy as we can, whether that's five boxes or whether that's 5,000 boxes. I think the 
future is still unknown, but the idea is to ultimately grow it into what I was hinting at before, which is a much bigger platform. We want there to be a registry. So we know that a lot of times you actually need really practical things when you're going through something like cancer or if you're recovering from surgery or on bed rest for whatever reason. And so if one of your best friends or your uh, significant other could set up a platform that are, these are the actual things she likes. These are her favorite foods. These are her favorite movies, right? Like send this subscription box, whatever it is, and actually grow it into something that is, you can register and people can really send you what you want. Very personalized. Even more personalized. Mm -hmm. Exactly. Or a box that you could build with all the items that you want to personally select. That's so exciting. (laughs) Yeah. Amazing. Well, we're getting to my favorite question. Um, I'd love to know what piece of advice you would give to an incoming entrepreneurial student or something you wish someone would have told you. Yeah. I hinted at this before. It's the overwhelmingness of it all. If you have even tried to be an entrepreneur, which I know you have, um, it's it's a lot. <laughs> it's a it's an ambitious thing to do. And if you think about it in a big picture format, it's just completely overwhelming. So what I would recommend is just breaking it into small pieces, right? Like what is the first thing you need to do? We kind of talked about that. Talk to the people that would be your consumer. Listen to them. Okay, that's step one, right? Like, let's just focus on that and not worry about what has to come after that to just keep your sanity. And uh, I would say, most importantly, you know, worry about your health, your wellness, make sure you're finding time to sleep. At the end of the day, you're building this because you want to. And so making sure it still brings you joy and that you're still healthy and doing that in the process. And also on a more tactical note, you're at CBS, you have so many resources, which we talked about earlier. People want to help, so let them. I think a lot of times people struggle with that. A lot of people at CVS say, how can I help? What can I do? And the easy answer is, oh, thank you so much. And then not actually giving them a way to help. So my biggest piece of advice is let those who want to help help you. Always have something that you are willing to ask for, right? So on this podcast, it would be for people to sign up on our homepage, put your email in. We want to hear from you. DM us on Instagram at Nightingale Guide. You know, yesterday I was talking to a CVS student and she said, when you build your board, come to me. That's my expertise. Last week, someone said, my, my background expertise is logistics. When you're going to start thinking about logistics, come to me. And so I write these things down and I say, when I need logistics, go to this person. When I build a board, go to this person. So I don't forget people want to help. And I think making sure you have a way that allows them to help you will only allow you to grow. So something I'm super curious about and we haven't asked you yet is where does Nightingale name come from? It's so funny you say that because the real answer is that Austin texted me at four in the morning (laughs) one night and said, we need to add Nightingale to our survey. So at the time we were creating a survey of all potential name options. We had been brainstorming them for weeks and had said, you know, what are, what's important to us on a practical note, we wanted our company name to be easy to spell, easy to remember. We wanted it to be one word. Um, we wanted it to be something that we could actually get the domain rights to and incorporate in New York City. There are some very practical elements, but on an emotional side, we wanted it to give feelings of warmth and we wanted it to be supportive and show kindness. And these were the things we wanted our name to evoke in people's minds. So we were creating a list of names and we created a survey and we were about to send it out the next morning. And Austin texted me and he said, we need to add Nightingale. Florence Nightingale was one of the most iconic female nurses of all time. And we are proudly female founded and we love strong females in any role, especially in healthcare. And then it's also a bird um, that is a lot of times kind of connotated with really warm feelings. 
Yeah. And so we sent the survey out and Nightingale blew all of our other names out of the water. People were texting me and being like, you have to do Nightingale. It's the right one. And we agreed it had, it was, it was the right one. So we moved forward with that the day after. That's great. Decisive (laughs) name. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Maybe that means our other names were just really bad. I don't know. (laughs) I like to think it's because Nightingale was really good. What were the other options? (laughs) Oh my God. We had some that were kind of kitschy. We had like uh, treatment treats <laughs> <laughs> and we had some that sounded like it was a uh, medical device. We had embrasia because we thought we were embracing people. <laughs> so they really ran the gamut. <laughs> embrasia is good, but I also feel like it sounds almost like a pharmaceutical. Drug. That's what we thought. Yeah. That was yeah. Was <laughs> uh, we also had some comments that some of our names, I think one of them was goodies, sounded like a sex toy store. <laughs> so it was really good to get uh, feedback from people. <laughs> That's really funny. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Things you don't think about. Yeah, I guess. But I think also you realize how much work and thought goes into a name. Oh my gosh. Hours and hours and hours. Yeah. That's wild. Well, Thank you so much for joining us. We've had a blast learning about Nightingale and your background, entrepreneurial process at CBS. We really encourage anyone listening to us to go visit Nightingale's website, social media, engage with you, learn more about the company. And yeah, and we're, we're really excited you joined us for this episode. Um, it's been an absolute blast. Thank you so much. It was fun for me to be on the show. I'm honored. And for anyone listening, We are live on www.nightingaleguide.com. So please feel free to go check us out. And if you do need to make a purchase, use the promo code CBSFAMILY for 15% off. Thanks. Amazing. Love the CBS discount. (laughs) Um, Awesome. Everyone, thanks for listening. This has been an episode of Please Unmute Yourself. for joining this episode of Please Unmute Yourself. Interested in being a part of the podcast? Reach out to the podcast team on Instagram at Please Unmute Yourself or at Please Unmute Yourself at gmail.com. Stay tuned for future episodes and opportunities to learn more about the CBS community.